0: You're now locked into Zone 32. Max Mercado, Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller. Only on Neutrozoneinfractions.com. NCI properties. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the debut edition of Neutral Zone Infractions, new sister podcast, Zone 32, our new All 32 podcast here on NZI. Follow us on Twitter at NZI Properties. I'm your host, Max Mikado, joined now by two of our resident experts on the website, Grant Derflinger and Jake Miller. Grant, Jake, say hi.
1: Yo, what it do? <laughs> welcome to the party, my people. Ready for some fun convo?
0: Now, folks, we we've rehearsed this 50 billion times. I don't know how they haven't come up with anything more original to say than what it do and yo 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 and all that. So I don't know. We'll we'll work on that after the fact. So <laughs> um but we're gonna get right into it. We've got a lot to cover tonight. Uh first off, breaking news as of this very moment. Former Jets running back Le'Veon Bell has just signed with the Kansas City Chiefs. There's a lot to unpack on just this bit alone. Grant, let's get the brawl we with you. What are your thoughts and reactions to this news?
1: I mean, right out of the gate, I mean, I pretty much, you know, said that was, you know, his main destination from the jump just because, I mean, look, in the NFL, there's obviously not a salary cap. Look at the Rams. I mean, shoot, I mean, there's there's ways around everything. Dude's already making $6 million on the back end of the this, of this season this year. What better reason than to not go sign with a Super Bowl contender potentially put yourself in position? I mean, he's not getting younger, you know, the injuries, those types of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, goes, signs, you know, remaining deal for the rest of this year. Boom. Next year, if he has plays well, they win big in the playoffs. Then he's going to sign his last multi-year deal of his career um, versus just kind of signing something now, see what happens. And then we got another Jets fiasco. I think it's a good fit. Um, hopefully it doesn't crush the demeanor for uh, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, I know he's, you know, a team guy, a rookie. Um, but, you know, he was the bell cow. And for them to think, you know, hey, we got to bring in another guy. Um, you know, that, that's that got to, you know, you know, you got to start thinking a little bit there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great fit. I hate it as a Ravens fan. I mean, come on, dude, like <laughs> rich get richer, but we're not scared of them. But um, yeah, I think it's a good fit. I thought it was either going to be the Chiefs. Um, it, my dark horse was the Falcons. Um, but you know, it, it, who knew at that point? I mean, he could have really gone anywhere. He had his choice. But I think, you know, we called it and it, 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 it is what it is.
0: See, I, I thought he would have gone to Tampa just to, you know, take advantage of the lack of income tax for most Floridians down there. But on top of that, to play with Brady, Fournette, all them. But whether or not there was interest, I mean, that, that we'll never know. But, Jake, you and I were talking off air just before this recording um, about the, the impact on the rest of the Chiefs' backfield. Let's talk a little bit more now. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I mean, he had that breakout week one performance, but he's dropped off the face of the earth since. I mean, what does this mean now For fantasy impact for the Chiefs as a viable option here,
2: I think Bell's the one to own in that backfield now. He's got the more proven track record. We're going to find out if he has anything left in the tank because he looked nothing compared to the dude that was terrorizing the AFC North from 2014 to 2017 with his year in New York last year. So, I mean, Adam Gase, he misuses his talent, it's pretty obvious. That was apparent with Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker last year and this year. So we're gonna find out, but I think he's the one to own in that backfield. Edwards Hilaire is definitely taking us taking a back seat to that, and pretty sure Daryl Williams is going to be inactive on most days now.
0: And I'm also thinking long-term, too, because next season, I mean, Damian Williams is due back, assuming that things are, quote-unquote, back to normal by next fall. Um, but it makes me wonder, you know, what happens with Bell and Edwards-Hilaire and both Williams' at that point? Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, we'll get to Adam Gase in just a bit, but let's loop back around. This is a perfect opportunity to segue into the Chiefs and Bills game this weekend – now, both teams just lost in, in upsets of two different magnitudes. You had the Chiefs losing in the most dramatic fashion in an AFC West shootout. You had the Bills lose in just spectacularly disappointing fashion in a game that they were favored against the Tennessee Titans, who had been unable to legally practice all week because of COVID protocol violations. Um, Grant take us into that game i mean what are your thoughts moving forward this weekend with the chiefs and bills both looking to rebound
1: i mean i think it's a good opportunity for both teams i mean the bills josh allen just didn't look like josh allen you know i would i would credit that game more towards the bills didn't really play up to their capacity um titans are a good team i mean they are what they are but you know everything kind of went their way they pretty much controlled the momentum controlled the clock those type of things um chiefs i think the chiefs are getting a little cocky. you know, it, you look at them on social media, they're dancing around, they're praising, you know, they're unbeatable, those types of things. It's it's any given Sunday, man. And, and when you play a rivalry game like that, I mean, that's a big rivalry. You know, it might not seem like that nowadays to like a lot of newer football fans. But as far as like the overall history of the NFL, it's a huge rivalry and they can't stand each other. And, you know, for the Raiders to come out, you know, everybody takes their shots at the Raiders. You know, John Gruden gets a lot of criticism. Like, you know, it is what it is. He's a great coach at the end of the day, got a hundred million dollars for a reason. Uh, He has turned around that franchise to an extent. And I mean, you know, surprised me. I mean, I don't think anybody really picked the Raiders to come out there and smack the uh, the Chiefs around. But at the end of the day, you know, you can see there was a lot of humble pie being eaten after the game in the Chiefs locker room. Um, hopefully they can hop off of their, their dance parties and put on their, take off their platform shoes and then maybe try to play football again. But I'm really looking forward to see, you know, how teams kind of play off of that because between the Patriots game and that game, the offense is starting to get kind of figured out a little bit in, in the most sense that it can get quote-unquote figured out but they're 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 beatable I mean and and that's been shown um, and I think that um, it was a great game and like you said two different magnitudes uh, but I I looked for it to be a good competitive game I want to see which Josh Allen shows up interested to see how the Bills defense bounces back from a subpar game against Ryan Tannehill so I mean there's a large difference between Ryan Tannehill and uh, Patrick Mahomes so you know kind of seeing that and just you know looking into to, to that game i mean um it, it really could go either way at this point
0: now jake commiserate with me for a second here maybe talk me off the ledge my fantasy team uh relied heavily on john brown and cole beasley the past couple of weeks and neither showed up for obvious reasons this past week Um, uh, past couple of weeks actually uh what does this mean for josh allen is, is he finally come back down to earth i mean what is going on what do we expect to see this sunday
2: I see how Derek Derek Carr tore him up last week, throwing to to a Henry Ruggs and hitting Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. And to be honest, the skill players are there for Josh Allen, so I can see it being something similar. I think it'll be a track meet, not to mention the Bills get Trey White back, so that defense shouldn't be as bad as they were last week, So all all things considered. But I actually like the Bills to win this game. I'm not going to lie. I'm picking the chief. <laughs> I'm going down on that, son.
1: Listen and fantasy perspective too. I'm big on Gabriel Davis. Like I've been watching him the past couple of weeks. He had a touchdown taken back from him last week. The dude runs all the routes, big, long, physical, athletic guy with good body control. He's one that I'm kind of looking at right now as to, because with the Cole Beasley injuries and John, and John Browns and all that, he's one that I'm looking at to kind of really solidify himself as a two or three in that offense over the next three or four weeks. I really like him.
2: Oh, no question. I'm- yeah, it was. They were talking about it last week. Brown's not. Brown wasn't 100%. So Gabriel Davis was getting more and more targets as the game went on. Even Isaiah McKenzie scored a touchdown last week. But all things considered, it's the Stephon Diggs show in that receiver core, and everyone else is 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 just accompaniment for now.
0: Guys, you're not making me feel a whole hell of a lot better about my fantasy team. Now, a guy I'm not who...
2: a nice human being. <laughs> not, bad,
0: not bad.
1: bad. <laughs>
0: a, a guy who shouldn't be feeling good about himself. We're gonna loop back now to uh, the original breaking story of Le'Veon Bell. How we even got to this point to begin with. Adam Gase, your uh your little egomaniac down there in uh in New York, New Jersey. How is he not fired at this point? Uh, what 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 is it gonna take? Grant, you hit hit me with your thoughts.
1: Man, I honestly have no idea. Like, you're talking about a dude that probably puts his shoes on the wrong feet. And it like, in my opinion, he's probably got something over on ownership or management or something. There's no way. That look, look at all the other OCs, DCs throughout the league, college coaches, everybody. This guy is a complete dumb dummy, like just flat-out dummy. And you look at how many people he's ran out. I mean, you're talking about the Jets were on their way. I mean, you got Sam Darnold, good young quarterback, just need to put the pieces around him. Robbie Anderson leaves. Everybody's like, oh, you know, he's not going to be the man. I mean, he looks pretty damn good down in Carolina. Then you also look at, you know, Prez. I mean, you're talking about the best young safety in the game. And, you know, you don't build around him. You don't want to pay that guy. Like, dude, what are you thinking? And the fact that he has that much control over his roster – speaks a lot and and that and i don't know if it's because you know douglas being a newer gm you know he came from the ravens pipeline we all know that but i don't know if it's because of he, him being a newer gm and he doesn't have as much of a hold or allowed to have as much of an opinion i don't know it just it's weird it it doesn't make sense they completely blew that team up i feel bad for jets fans i'm not even gonna lie it's like man anything i mean you look leonard williams uh robbie anderson uh Jamal Adams, now Le'Veon Bell, and and for what? To sign a bunch of cast-offs from the Ravens practice squad just because they wore purple one day? Like, it, that whole team is a mess right now, and, and man, they have a lot of things to do, but I don't know how the hell that dude has a job, man. I mean, <laughs> I would have been fired weeks ago. Uh,
0: Jake, obviously, all of us here, we're, we're not Jets fans, and yet we're, we're irrationally angry at what's going on in the Meadowlands with both teams, but especially with the Jets. Um, t- talk to me. Will Joseph Vincent Flacco ever win a game for the New York Jets? Among other thoughts. Go.
2: I love the man and what he did in 2012, but no. <laughs> no. I was I'll expecting do, you to I'll gas me up there. <laughs> I'll, I'll do respect. He has nothing to work with. I mean, which is worse, the players he has to work with with the Jets this year, or what he had to work with in 2017?
0: Is that a hypothetical question you asked me to answer because you know what the answer's answer is going to be? <laughs> I,
2: I'm, just, I'm just saying they're very comparable right now. This is this is not a good situation. I for- mean,
0: look. I'm I'm going to interject for a second here. We know the Jets are a terrible organization from top to bottom. And we were kind of, I was kind of hoping that Flacco would come in and maybe mess around and win some games and, you know, kind of ruin that, that little party that they have going on over there, that Adam Gase countdown, maybe save his job another year. But at this point, I mean, he is an insult to professional football and the game of football in and of itself at all levels. I don't understand how someone like this could be in power. So Jake, Throwing this back to you, let, let's go of a hypothetical. Do you think you could win a game with the New York Jets? As a head coach? As a coach, yes.
2: i give myself a shot, only because I'm, I'd am i be throwing out every single gadget play known to man, and just trying to steal one from whoever was playing against me, and hope they decided to overlook me and not game plan for me. That's your only way of really doing anything, and Adam Gase doesn't seem to have those up his sleeve. He's he,
0: I mean mean, I'm sensing the frustration here because it's just maddening now Grant I'll give you in an interest of fairness an opportunity to respond as well 30 seconds or less tell me do you think you as a head coach could win a game with the New York Jets as is
1: Hell yeah. Danny O'Shea and the Little Giants took out the Cowboys. So all we got to do is run some annexation of Puerto Rico and get the ice box out there. and We'll be all right. I mean, it's an NFL game with NFL talent. There's always a possibility. Um, I mean, that's what coordinators are for. I'll just boss them around and tell them what I want to run or pass. But no, at the end of the day, it's all about schemes, matchups, preparation. And, you know, Adam Gase doesn't have it.
0: There's a lot that he doesn't have hair among one of those things. But moving on, no offense to the follically challenged listeners out there. Let's uh, break down some of the games that we feel we should spotlight this upcoming weekend. Now, this one burns me to to consider a highlight of the weekend. I kind of hope that Heinz Field just implodes and that there's no conclusion to this game. But we have to talk about the battle for the AFC North. Steelers-Browns this coming Sunday. Grant, your thoughts on this atrocious display that we call professional football?
1: I mean, somebody's got to win, I guess. Even though, I mean, we could get a tie going on. You know, that's what's leading the NFC East right now. But, I mean, as far as matchup, I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Um, You know, I think Claypool's got a lot of hype right now. But, you know, he had a big game, you know, couple weeks ago kind of disappeared for a little bit then has another big game you know I think it's all about you know they they were just the preparation of the game itself um you know I think it's gonna come down to cliche and it always goes around you see it on ESPN you see it on all the major networks it's going to come down to Baker you know what Baker is going to show up you know Chubb not be in there you know to take to have that kind of two-headed monster um can Kareem Hunt carry the load again you know can he run between the tackles um, You know, Chubb was good at, you know, going inside, bouncing out, running off tackle, those types of things. Kareem Hunt was, you know, he was he was the icing on the cupcake with those swing passes and, you know, lining up in the slot. But, um, you know, I, I think that, I'm you know, I'm going to take the Browns in this one personally, uh, you know, simply just for the fact that, you know, since we beat the Brakes off of them week one. I mean, they've played some pretty good football. I mean, um, a lot better competition than the Steelers have played. And I think that's why I'm taking them. Uh, because I've seen the Browns grow every week uh, as a team. Uh, and as far as playmaking, you know, you know, Odell's back, quote, unquote, you know, wonder where he's been, but, you know, he's making plays again. You know, they're running trick plays. They're having fun again. They're not overpressing it, calling four Super Bowls in a row. They're, they're having fun again. Um, I think the Steelers are um, getting a lot more credit for what they really are. Uh, but I could totally see this game going the Browns' way. And, honestly – i hope it does man i just i hope it does i just want the steelers fans to just get humbled because i know we're gonna handle the browns again but i just like for them just to shut up man <laughs> like...
0: now, jake your thoughts on this uh, uh i don't even want to call it this uh this this highlight of the weekend it's just uh, i feel dirty now you just g- g- go jake go
2: <laughs> i mean if you want an, an offensive term you can always call this the north korea bowl because you're Rooting for someone to bond the stadium. Let's keep it real. (laughs) But that being said, I badly want to pick the Browns in this game, but I'm picking the Steelers only because the Browns are kind of beat up. Wyatt Teller didn't practice today. Jarvis Landry still hasn't practiced all week. Odell got sent home because he's sick. Who knows what that is? Maybe he has COVID. Maybe he has something else. Maybe it's some weird illness that keeps him out on Sunday. Because they're so banged up, I'm, I'm taking the Steelers. Not to mention, the Browns have had hyped up games before and they've fallen up short. That's their history. So all things considered, to be the man, whoa, you got to beat the man. And until they do it, I ain't picking the Browns to win a big game like this. I'm taking Pittsburgh at Heinz Field.
0: I feel so conflicted with that Ric Flair reference. I want to hug you, but they say I want to slap you for picking Pittsburgh because you never pick Pittsburgh. But in this case, I'm going with Cleveland. Simply for rooting interests, if Cleveland beats Pittsburgh, all of a sudden top place in the AFC North automatically goes to Baltimore should they defeat the Eagles, which we'll cover later in this podcast. And quite frankly, I could care less about either team. The only problem is if they both tie, that actually works out in their favor, especially if the Ravens lose. So I'm going Cleveland. That's two on one right there. But moving on to the AFC, we have another this is uh the under the radar matchup is what I'm gonna call it. But in the AFC South, you've got Houston visiting the Tennessee Titans, a battle of master versus student. You have interim head coach Romeo Crennel uh going up against Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel, both formerly of New England as as coach and player, and then you know, fellow coaches in Houston. Uh what what do we think about this matchup? Grant, I'll start with you.
1: Uh, I think it's a pretty uh, solid matchup as a whole. I mean, the only thing that I would think that is that, you know, it's a divisional matchup Titans go and have to play the Steelers next week, but it's in, it's in Nashville, but um, they do play the Steelers next week. And then, so, you know, it's a divisional game. It's always going to take it serious. And that's the thing, just like we talked about earlier with the chiefs Raiders game is like divisional games, anything can happen. I mean, we've seen the worst of the worst in a division compete with the best of the best in a division, just because of it simply being a divisional game. Um, I like what, you know, as smug as he was, is, is, you know, Mike Brable, Um, he has his team ready to play football. I mean, I was completely impressed that they came out after having, That many days off and they were clicking on all cylinders. I mean, offensive line, defensive line, special teams, secondary. I mean, Malcolm Butler, where the hell's he been since the Seahawks Super Bowl? Like, I mean, he had two picks and it's like, it's like, you know, it's almost like they were pissed off. Like the whole country pissed them off to call them out for their own stupidity, which is its own kind of mind-boggling situation. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, it's like, you know, you were off for that long. You weren't even supposed to be Paxton, but you came out clicking like that. And I don't know if that's a testament to them or damn, the Bills just didn't even show up. And that's kind of where this game is going to go to. And, and I think that the tight, the Texans, you know, they, they play hard. Um, I just don't think they're there. Um, I spoke one last week about potentially them having you know, a little bit of motivation with, you know, coaching changes sometimes. Cornell's a player's coach, um, you know, picking it up a little bit to, 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 you know, kind of get that edge, you know, get that mid-season kind of boost, that NOS kick. Um, and But I don't think it's going to be enough for the Titans. I mean, the Titans are a tough football team. You get King Henry rolling. I mean, I don't know who's going to stop him. I mean, I still need to go hit up Earl Thomas and see if maybe he feels a little bit better now because he's not the meme for him anymore. Uh, we got our man Josh Norman that just decided that he was uh, going to go ahead and put the cape on and try to fly up to Krypton. Um, But, you know, Tennessee just does so many things well. And the second that you take anybody out of the box, they're just gonna pound and pound and pound and pop seven, 12, 15 yards a pop. They're just gonna wear you down. And they're a tough team because in the second half of games, that's what hurts you. We heard, you know, the Ravens talk about it. You know, they asked Greg Roman about, uh, uh, about Gus Buss. And they're like, you know, hey, he's our closer. You know, you get a team on their heels and they have to play comeback. And you play ball control and you just sit there and pound the rock, not even getting to third downs and you're just running over them. They're going play back to back to back. So at that point, you've already completely diminished their will to win. And that's just something like the Titans do. And I mean, Deshaun's great quarterback, but I just think that the the Titans just have too much going for them. Um, I'm picking them to win this game. Um, And also, you know, Definitely look out for, um, you know, I'm interested to see, you know, when Corey Davis comes back. I haven't really seen much on that personally, Uh, but A.J. Brown looked really good, man. And, and, you know, he picked up right where he left off.
0: Nice, nice, nice. Now, Jake, are we ready to crown the Titans here? What do you think?
2: As kings of the ASE South, I'm willing to do that. Going into the season, I like the Colts, but then Phillip Rivers reminded everybody he's Phillip Rivers and can't play anymore. So I'm saying t- I'm rolling with the Titans for that. And I'm rolling for the Titans with this game, not rooting for them, but I'm picking them to win. That was a nice story. Last <laughs> week, Romeo Crennel getting his win against the Jaguars, all the celebration that's all fine and good, but they're about to get punched in the mouth by some grown ass men. Tennessee's a good team. They got a big physical defensive line. The linebackers will hit you. They're, they're not great in coverage, but they can hit you at least. And, Not to mention having to stop Derrick Henry. That's fine for the first couple quarters, first half. Third quarter comes around. You're not trying to tackle a grown-ass man who's 6'3 and 245 who makes Mark Ingram look like a damn Teddy Graham. (laughs) By comparison, all this considered, not to mention for all you fantasy cats out there, look for Ryan Tannehill this week. The Texans are the only team in the NFL to not have an interception this season. Roll with Tannehill. He'll he'll hit A.J. Brown. He'll hit Jonu Smith. He's a nice little stream, especially if you have someone like Breeze or Justin Herbert or Russell Wilson in particular on the bye.
0: All right. Now, I myself, I'm going to go with the Texans in an upset here, their second win in a row. And I really think Roman Cornell is going to turn things around. Um but I, I I don't know I am not comfortable with saying the Tennessee is as good as their record, but that's just me. I I think I need to see one more game out of them. Now moving over to the NFC side of the things, we have we have we have the game of the week. I will say at least Fox is advertising it as such. We have the Packers facing off against the Buccaneers. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Grant, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this game?
1: Match of future Hall of Famers. We're about to see who's got the juice. No, I mean Aaron. Aaron Rodgers is playing hot right now. I mean he's he's pretty much you know looking like old Aaron Rodgers from 2008. Like it, it's you know it, he's definitely coming in swinging. Um, he's definitely you know playmakers aside. I mean Devonte Adams has been out. Um, he's got his new toy and coming out making some plays. But you know what's going to happen when Devontae Adams comes back? You know Lazard's out. He had the you know the core surgery. Um, Buccaneers interested to see, you know, how they kind of continue to develop. I feel like they've been, you know, kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde week in and week out. Um, They have the potential to have a solid defense. Secondary is, you know, super sketchy. I'm a big fan of Tyler Johnson. He was one of my big, uh, one of my favorite receivers in the draft, regardless of round, um, out of Minnesota. He finally got his, his burn last week, and he looked really good. You know, very fluid routes, got off the line, made some tough contested catches, you know, hands guy. Um, I think that he's going to have a really nice future. And he's the type of receiver that would really click well with Tom Brady. And you could see that he was already really getting kind of comfortable with him right off the bat. Um, Scotty Miller, goodness man. I started Scotty Miller. Dude didn't even get a catch. How are you going to goose egg me, man? You got all this hype. How are you going to goose egg me? But that aside, you know, I, I think that, you know, Rojo looked good. Um, I'm going to take the Packers just because A-Rod just looks like he's on another planet right now. Everybody's talking about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the luckiest cat I've ever seen in my life. That dude gets more breaks in a Kit Kat factory. And just looking at everything, you know, I'm going to take the Packers. Um, defense is kind of suspect, but, you know, I don't think that the Buccaneers scare me enough. Um, Mike Evans has been, you know, non-existent completely this year. Mr. Um, Two-yard, two touchdowns. Um, you know, a lot of that goes into it, but I, I'm gonna take the Packers.
0: Nice, all right. So, I uh, I'm inclined to agree, but we'll get into that in a second. Jake, your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Oh, I'm going contrarian. Where's that damn Tampa Bay Buccaneers music from the 80s? That <laughs> hey, hey, Tampa Bay song But I'm taking the
0: bucks. <laughs> Chris Dreams, <Godwin>. Nichols.
2: <laughs> hey, Chris what, what, Godwin's practicing this week, he comes back. Brady was targeting him more than anybody week one. Then he goes down. Then week four goes, he gets targeted some more, gets hurt. I mean, Mike Evans may not be playing well, but at the same time, he's had the entire, he's had defenses clampsing down against him. You bring in someone like Godwin as he's healthy, Evans can explode. Not to mention that front is real nice. They're not giving up anything on the ground. Like, I believe they're still averaging what 2.7 yards per carry for any running back. So the benefits of having a, pa- a play action passing game this week will be non-existent for Rodgers in the pack. I'm taking the Bucks without a doubt.
0: I'm surprised that you're sticking with Old Man Brady, though. I guess this is a battle of geriatrics again. Not nearly as bad as the Saints and Bucks earlier in the season, but I, 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 I just don't see it with Tampa Bay with the the potential that they've got with Evans and Godwin. Not to mention, you know, you've got OJ Howard who's outshining Gronk somehow. I didn't see that happening coming into this. I think season. he's out for the season. Oh, is he really? Wow.
2: Where's Achilles? I. It might've been the last week or the week before, but he's out. So Let's now there's stuff with Gronk and Cameron Bright.
0: That also shows you how little interest there really is in Tampa, despite all the star power right there. And it just makes me wonder, you know, with the expectations having been sky high for Tampa being Super Bowl favorites, uh, at least as the NFC representatives, um, are they really going to be able to keep up the momentum that they picked up in the NFC South for the remainder of the year? I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, you know, speaking of injuries, I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad that that, you know, my little brain fart right there could segue us into this next topic. Um, we all saw, unfortunately, Doc Prescott uh, suffered a, um, I believe it was an ankle fracture. Was that right? An ankle break um last week and he is out for the season uh recovery time is usually roughly a calendar year though with athletes you never know but the dallas cowboys now have to turn to andy dalton and unfortunately it comes at the worst possible time because they are under the bright lights of monday night football hosting the arizona cardinals and kyler murray andy dalton i don't have the numbers right now but he has not performed well in prime time grant what do you think is gonna go down on monday night
1: I think the red rocket is going to come out and cause problems. No, I mean, no, I mean, what better, like, if you look around the NFL, I mean, what other backup quarterback would you want in this situation? You want a veteran guy that's been there. Sure. Um, I think his problem in Cincinnati was a lot of pressure. I mean, you know, he constantly, should we draft a quarterback this year? Should we do this? Should we do that? You know, that gets in the psyche of a, of a player and of a quarterback, especially um, the fact that he did not have to be the man there. He could kind of sit back, learn, you know, they have a, they have a very wide open offense. Um, You know, my concerns with him would be, you know, the kind of tossing around, mixing and matching the offensive line, you know, injuries, things like that, like Leo Collins, Tyron Smith, you know, they're kind of beat up. Um, I think Bayadis is going to be a good center. I think he played really well. Um, But, you know, I I think it's feasible. You know, the Cardinals don't scare anybody. Um, You know, they have D-hop. Kenyon Drake has done nothing. Uh, I think Kyler Murray is severely overrated and I get hate on it all the time. Uh, great dude, great quarterback, very athletic, but people act like he's the second coming of Jesus. And it's like, dude, where are you looking at? And the guy has weapons. I mean, tons. I mean, D hop is all you need to say, really. I mean, the guy was almost a Raven. I don't want to talk about it. because It gives me nightmares for at least a week when I talk about it, but the fact that I would have rather not know that he was that close to being a Raven. I mean, that stuff just needs to stay in house. You know what I mean? Like leave that alone, but that's a stop point. But just to look at that, I mean, just alone, um, you know, I think he's he can make throws. You know, they have C.D. running the slot, who looks phenomenal. Um, he I, he looks like the second coming of DeAndre Hopkins, personally. You look at his body, you know, his build, his body control, his hands, his routes, um, his everything. You know, he's just fluid. He makes the game look easy. And if you think about it, um, it there was no preseason. I mean. You're looking at, this is technically like when the rookies, um, this is technically like their second game of the regular season or first, you know, be the first, yeah, second game of the regular season. So it's like, you know, these guys didn't get training camp like that. They didn't get preseason games. And the fact that he's coming and balling out with two bona fide stars with him um, I think that the weapons are there and all she has to do is not try to do too much and just manage the game plan preparation. I keep saying it today, and but it's so important, but especially in games like this, when you have that backup quarterback, that's a veteran that comes in, can, you know, satisfy the offense. Um, don't put the pressure on, just prepare the game, stick to your game plan. Don't get outside of it. Don't try to do too much. Don't get cute. Um, And I think the Cowboys can actually surprisingly enough win this game. I mean, their, their defense is terrible. I mean, I'm talking, it's probably, I feel bad because I got some buddies that are diehard Cowboys fans and I root for, you know, Cowboys in those games for them. But when I look at it, I'm like, dude, this defense is atrocious. And it's, it's, it's like, where do you begin? But Honestly, it's a toss-up for me, but I'm going to take Dallas um, just because I, I want to see what the Red Rocket does. I'm hopping on the train, and we're going to see where it takes, but um, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty solid matchup. Interested to see how they, how they come out.
0: Now, Jake, do you think Dallas goes all the way to the moon with the Red Rocket, of course? Do you think that the Cowboys can match their offensive output that they had had under Dak and do just enough to stop the air raid offense? On defense in Arlington this Sunday or this Monday.
2: Well, they may not be as prolific as they would be with Dak under center, but at the same time, I'm not counting them out of the NFC East race for that matter. One, it's a bad division, but two, Andy Dalton historically has always been good as as good as the t- pieces around him when he had Marvin Jones, Mohammed Sanu, and AJ Green to throw to, along with little Gio Bernard in the background ra- in the backfield. They were good. They won division. What two out of three years back in 2013 and 2015. Yeah, if you give him yeah. pieces and you give him a line to protect him, which the Cowboys do, even though they did lose Tyron Smith for the season, which that sucks. But at the same time, they shouldn't have to worry that much about a pass rush. You don't have Chandler Jones rushing you because he's out for the season with a torn biceps. So all things considered, I am taking the Cowboys this week. I want to see Kyler Murray produce because. I mean, that's one of my fantasy quarterbacks. He's he's my quarterback <laughs> in a couple of leagues. Let him keep running around. That's cool. I'm not tripping off of that. He's actually the leading rusher among quarterbacks this season with rushing yards and touchdowns. But that being said, I ain't picking him to beat the Cowboys. That is what it is. I'm taking Dallas.
0: I still see Monday night being a shootout. And for the record, I keep forgetting what days and times these games are just because of the schedule being turned upside down by all of these COVID violations. But I do think that under the Monday night lights, Andy Dalton's going to get a win in his first game as a starter for the Cowboys. I think again, it will be a shootout high scoring, but at the end, I think Dalton will do just enough to bring home the dub and to upset the balance of things. And then, terrible nfc east which on that note this next game near and dear to our hearts uh may very well upset the balance of both the nfc east and afc north because we've got our baltimore ravens visiting the philadelphia eagles your first place philadelphia eagles who uh if (laughs) i i've talked to many eagles fans shout out to the matt and frack show frack on there is a huge eagles fan and every single time this matchup has come up since 2008, everyone brings up the Kevin Cobb 108-yard interception thrown to Ed Reed. And that highlight has been played ad nauseum all week. So, enough about the past. Looking to the present, Grant, what do you see this coming Sunday for our Ravens?
1: I think this is a good opportunity um to kind of get the offensive identity on track. Um I think it's enough into the season where we need to start solidifying that. Um, you know, the Eagles are a pretty beat-up team. I mean, you stop, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, you're, you're pretty set. I mean, they, they're kind of beat up on the outside. Um, you know, Ertz has been kind of banged up. Goddard's still out um you know the Ravens have I mean the top to bottom I mean yeah the Chiefs keep stacking but top to bottom if you look at special teams defense every position depth at the positions offense depth at the positions and offense I think the Ravens have the most talented offense in football and it's we just got to put it together I mean um everybody's putting a lot on Lamar um you know there's a lot of pressure going into the post MVP season you know there's so many expectations I mean he's on the cover of Madden you know he's you know, got his first Oakley deal. And and I don't think that any of that distracts him at all. But I think that, that people need to just understand that the dude is 23 years old. And he is already an MVP. And he's taken the league by storm. People talked about him like he's this 26 year old, 27 uh, year old, you know, five, six year vet or whatever. I mean, it, it's like, it's like, man, this guy is in his He's not, even, he hasn't even played two full seasons. If you calculate, you know, coming into this third season, he hasn't played two full seasons at all. And he's already an MVP and unanimous at that. Um, I think that the defense continues to build. I think they absolutely feast. I look for us to, I think I look for the to just all out. I would be surprised if we didn't get three, four turnovers again. Um, offensively, I want to see the ground game. I mean, I, it's it's redundant through Ravens Nation, but man, where is the ground game? You know, you got Gus, you got J.K., you got Mark Ingram. I mean, J.K. Dobbins gets a carry, chucks it 32 yards, running through people, keeping his feet churned and it doesn't see another rush the rest of the game. It's like we don't have an identity. It's like we have so many weapons in the backfield, there's not that identity. And it's like, dude, like simplify it. Like it's not anything. And I know teams are starting to game plan more films coming out. You know, they're looking at, you know, playing more backside to prevent cutback lanes and things like that. But at the end of the day, there's so much talent. Um, I, I Obviously, I'm going Ravens coming out on top. And I, I definitely I, I could see two touchdowns um, on that side. But I think it has to be that I don't think this can be a game that comes down to the wire or, you know, Lord forbid lose, which I don't think is going to happen. But it's any given Sunday. Um, no. But I, I do see the Ravens win, and I do think that this needs to be that kind of next step into the season, what we're getting into that second quarter of the season.
0: Now, Jake, before I get to you, I will point out, I believe entering this week, and I have to double-check the analytics, but the Ravens are second in average rushing yards per game. But the numbers don't match up with the eye test because we a lot of that is skewed by either garbage time runs or, you know, two big runs per game, so on and so forth. But we're not, we, the Ravens have yet to have a 100-yard rusher individually through these th- these first few weeks. We, they, they have yet to dominate in the fashion that they had. They've not achieved the offensive balance that they won, once did. Um, averaging, what was it, 200 yards passing and 200 yards rushing per game, something to that effect. Um, so obviously we expected regression from last year. Um, but not to this level, but I will say I, I do give them a pass for now, if only because with the lack of preseason, you've got the lack of on-field chemistry and live game action. So you're going to expect some rust and some sloppiness, um, but I will be more concerned if we continue to see the sloppiness and rust going into weeks eight and nine and so on and so forth, even, you know, coming out of the bye. Um, but, you know, there's a big matchup looming around the corner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we don't want to look ahead just yet. And neither should the team now, Jake your thoughts on who's going to win this game this Sunday and why it's going to be the Ravens.
2: Oh, I'm not taking Philly. Come on now.
0: <laughs> going,
2: going into the year. I think if they were five and no, I would think this could be, this was a potential upset game because the Eagles defensive line is still good. That's the one piece of their defense that's still playing very well. But that being said, I take, come on, come on now. <laughs> I'm not taking, I'm not taking them above the Ravens. I've been down on Carson Wentz all season. He. He has nobody to throw to. And even when he had people to throw to, they're all track stars who couldn't catch. So there's no good reason to me for the Eagles winning this game unless Fletcher Cox just comes out and destroys, has four or five sacks because he dominates whoever's in front of him. I don't necessarily see that happening. I think he will have an impact, but I'm not going to go that damn far. But (laughs) Carson Wentz has thrown the most interceptions in the league this season and having to throw the ball against the secondary with Marcus Peters, with Marlon, with Jimmy Smith, I don't see it. I don't see how the Eagles can win this game unless they're ready and they call nothing but quick hitters to beat the blitz and the DVs are playing 5, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Then, okay, they can beat the rush then. But that being said, I'm not picking Philly to win this game, regardless of my homer status. Baltimore should win and win, win easy. Their real test is going to come after the bye week because that's when the schedule tightens up.
0: No pun intended, of course, it's as he tightens later on in the slate. Now, Before we wrap things up, I feel in the interest of healthy conversation and whatnot, I should devote some time and allow you guys to talk about what you want to talk about. Um, Because I'm sick of running the show, to be perfectly honest with you. So we're going to put two minutes on the clock for each of you. Uh, We're going to start with you, Grant. When I say go... Bring up a topic that you want to discuss in two minutes or less that has been just burning the the, the and just just generally gnawing at you all week. And the clock starts now. Go.
1: Well, I'm gonna keep it real. Um, I'm about to pop out my first uh, Carolina Panthers article this weekend since I begin will begin starting to write for them for us here. And um, my dark horse to win the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers. Bold take, get it. Whatever. But the way that they're gelling together right now and progressing every week, it seems like they love playing for Matt Rule. And he's always been, you know, we've heard about him being a player's coach and, you know, how he can, you know, what things he can do within an offense. Um, Teddy Bridgewater looks great. Robbie Anderson looks great. DJ Moore's showing out. Curtis Samuels making catches. You know, people are getting the ball to him. Um, That was his biggest problem last year. Um, They win this game this weekend against the Bears and the, the Buccaneers lose to the Packers, they're even. We don't know what we're getting out of the Saints. Who knows? Michael Thomas is a head case right now. Can't even get on the field. He's punching teammates and stuff to get suspended by his team. Like, that's not a leader, dude. And, you know – Without that, I mean, you know, the dark, the other side of that's the Falcons. You know, I don't think they're a threat at all. They're a complete dumpster fire right now. So, I mean, I just want to talk about that the Carolina Panthers have shocked me, shocked the NFL world, shocked everybody, because everybody was saying at the end of the season they would lose to a college team. And who were they going to have? Rich McCaffrey goes down. Boom. Then what? Everybody's really saying it. Then they're going to get the first pick overall, this, this, and this. And then here come the Jets strolling in. But all in all, I just want to talk about my dark horse to potentially win the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers.
0: Hey, and I could definitely see that. I mean, there is a lot of attrition there in the NFC South. And again, I am sticking to my guns and saying Brady is not going to keep the Bucks afloat for the remainder of the year. So that was perfectly well, well, well done.
1: Less than two minutes. Good job. You say so- I've been practicing. I appreciate you. You know, I'm <laughs> over here.
0: All right. So now, Jake, we're going to move over to you. We're going to put two minutes on the clock. Tell me, tell us what's been burning in your mind. Go.
2: You know what's been burning on my mind? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm not going to lie. I don't mind him as a quarterback. I actually kind of like him because he's one of those dudes. He's not as good as people will make him out to be, at least his supporters. But for the detractors, he's not as bad as he make as he's made out to be. And he'll remind you. He's like, hey, I'm not that bad. How do you like me now? So I'm like, you know what? I like that defiant attitude. Let's go, Kirk Cousins. So then going into the year, One of my bold predictions for the season, Dalvin Cook would be the RB1 in fantasy. I was close because he's RB2 right now, but he's going to miss this week. Adam Thielen would be top five, and he's just right outside the top five. And then Kirk Cousins would be a top 10 fantasy quarterback. I wanted to be defiant against everyone who hasn't been QB25. And look, he's roughly QB25 right now, so I was dead ass wrong. So I'll tell you that. That's what's been bothering me. You played the Seahawks and you bummed out, giving me 14 fantasy points. He's not my quarterback, mind you. But still, what's wrong with you? You have Justin Jefferson. You have Adam Thielen. You have Gary Kubiak calling the offense, who got Joe Flacco's best season statistically, and you're giving me this? Get out of here. (laughs)
1: did you see how he threw at his gender reveal party so that should have solidified everything it did
0: and the worst part was someone actually put that on the internet so it wasn't even the fact that that's what he did for the reveal but the fact that it was recorded and someone thought it was a good idea to put on the internet come on
1: man you gotta prepare you need a backup ball like you know like reshoot reshoot you know what i'm saying like the confidence to nail it on the first time and completely just deuce it Lord have mercy, man. (laughs) Hope that wasn't a slant route.
0: Hey, unlike this podcast, that's the reason why Hollywood has more than one take, whereas we just go live, unedited, and uncut all the way through. So, you know, maybe Kirk Cousins was feeling a little uh, little risky, feeling a little dangerous, but uh, yeah, I think that did more harm than good for him. So, I don't know. We'll see. But, gentlemen, with that said, we covered a lot of ground, and uh, I am fairly fairly confident that we'll see a much better slate of games this weekend than we did last weekend uh because i tell you what i was bored watching some of those games but that's neither here nor there that's not for me to decide that's for you to watch so with that said thank you for joining us for the first ever edition of the zone 32 podcast brought to you by neutral zone infraction i'm max Picado. He's Grant Derflinger. He's Jake Miller. We'll be back next week with another edition right here on NZI. Follow us on Twitter at NZI Properties. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night. Max Grant Jake. Zone 32. Only on
1: NeutroZoneInfractions.com.
0: NZI Properties.